This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. 2 on track. This one is crushed. Left center field way out of here. Now here's your host, Trent Rush. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Angels Recap Podcast. I know it's been a minute since we've had a chance uh, to put one of these podcasts together, but excited to be with you here uh, as the Angels are trying to get past that June gloom uh, that took place uh, earlier this season. I think the last time we got together here on this podcast, the Angels were 10 games over 500. Understandably, it's a very different story now. I know you guys were paying attention. There was all kinds of excitement uh, on Sunday at the Big Gay with the little tussle that happened in the second inning of that game. Uh, but I know that with all these things happening with the Angels, and there's been a lot of storylines, and a lot has gone on, yes. But I wanted to point out there is one player on this Angels ball club that really is shining in an era of baseball where it's about the three true outcomes and walks, strikeouts, home runs. Somebody that is just a refreshing blue-collar, exciting player that is getting a real opportunity here at the big league level, and that is David McKinnon. So David and I had a conversation uh, talking about everything from his background, uh, talking about his approach to the plate, his approach with two strikes, what he's looking to do. I think you're going to really enjoy the conversation with David McKinnon. I know I did, uh, so I don't want to take up any more of your time. So now here is our chat with new Angels infielder David McKinnon. All right, we're hanging out with David McKinnon. One of the really fun, bright spots we've seen in this Angels ball club here uh, in the month of June has come up and is really tearing the cover off the ball. And I think a lot of fans have noticed immediately, David, just your approach to the plate, uh, what you try to bring on a baseball field, and it's fun seeing that. We'll talk about that coming up in a bit. I I would like to get to know David McKinnon a little bit. We know that, look, the story, 32nd round draft pick, come from Massachusetts, went to Hartford. Um, But what was – you know, growing up, how, how big was baseball in your life? Yeah, so growing up, baseball was big. I mean, my dad, I kind of got introduced to the sport when my dad would be playing church league softball and stuff. So we were at the games. I was young, two, three years old. And he'd be out there playing. And then when they came to hit, I'd be, like, asking him to hit, like, a wiffle ball or something. So I grew up with it, and I grew up loving baseball and I mean I remember from age like four or five like that was the dream like my dream I wanted to play professional baseball major league baseball um and I had always just loved the sport I always wanted to go out and practice so we were always in like our little side yard we had a nice big side yard and we were to t-balls were being thrown and I'd be hitting balls and I hit the balls farther than other kids my age so like I knew it was I mean I knew there was something there my parents knew there was something there, but they never told me that there was something there, you know. Cause, yeah. And I think that's where a lot of my work ethic came from growing up, um, where, like, they weren't ever the parents that were like, oh, yeah, you're the best. They were the parents that were like, hey, like, yeah, you're pretty good, but, like, there's other kids out there that work just as hard as you. There's other kids that are doing the same stuff you are, and that, like, that kid's pretty good too. Like, don't you want to work harder than him? So that's kind of where the, it all started with my uh, – 
just work, like the work ethic and the love for baseball. And then growing up in Little League, we would have three, four games a uh, week. So the other three or four days that we didn't have games, I'd be down at the field kind of on my own, like begging my dad, let's go hit, let's go hit after the games end tonight. So after the games would end, like 7, 7.30, we'd take batting practice and do ground balls from like age 8 to 12. Um, pretty, so we were at the field almost every every day when we were, when I was growing up for the baseball yeah. season, not for... I was going to say, so was it, was it just baseball for you? No, it was baseball, basketball, and soccer. So yeah. baseball was always the biggest one where it would be like April to August, but then we'd do soccer from September to, I don't know, December. We'd do a yeah. little indoor league, and then I'd be doing basketball from November till baseball started. You know? I, I don't know that I'm into soccer in December in Massachusetts. No, I feel like no, I didn't freeze. Always, <laughs> it was the inside. It was the inside stuff. Like, you know, like the sure. the bubble where you'd be inside, like kind of the hockey boards okay. and stuff, like the fun soccer inside. So that's the type of stuff we'd be doing um, for soccer. But, I mean, I really liked soccer for three months. I liked basketball for three months. But, like, baseball was kind of the thing where, like, I, yeah. I could play that. I mean, I think when I was younger, it was probably more like a six-month thing, and I would get tired of it. And then as I got older, I, it became more of a, like, high school and college. It was like a – like, it becomes a year-round thing. That's what I love to do. That's what I love to train for. I love to, like, study the swing and kind of make adjustments. And I was always good at making adjustments. And So did you grow up, like – Going to Fenway, did you have a favorite player growing up? Yeah, growing up, uh, I grew up going to Fenway. Um, I think my favorite player originally, like to start, yeah. when I first started, it was Nomar. Um, and then as I got watching more, I was young, young when he sure. was there. Yeah. But um, as I got watching more and more, my favorite player was definitely Manny, Manny Ramirez. Um, I just loved his swing and how smooth it was and effortless and and I didn't really know anything about the swing back then. I was like eight or ten, you know. But like, I just love watching him hit. Obviously, I loved David Ortiz, and that 2004 team was like the coolest team ever. I was ten when that happened, and uh, so I've been kind of blessed with the uh, with Boston sports good, growing up. Days, yeah, man. I mean, they had a bunch of World Series. The Bruins won. The Celtics won. The Patriots won a lot, you know. So like, I I grew up with just championships on championships where my dad's like you're lucky because we were just not good back in the day you know so that's awesome uh it's funny i mean you mentioned manny i can't help but think like two strike approach i mean there's there's some similarities there can you walk us through like the mindset especially like you've had so many hits i think five of the first six times you've been on base here the big league level have been in two strike counts like what's the mentality like when you get into some of those deeper counts and just try to find ways to to help your team yeah, I mean, my biggest thing is if you can cut down your punch outs, like the batting average on balls in play on average is like 300, you know. So if you can just put the ball in play three out of ten times at two, with two strikes, you're going to usually get a hit three out of ten of those times, you know. Yeah. Just swallowing your pride, like trying to not kill the ball, just hit it forward somewhere. Um, my job is not to kill the ball on this team, you know. My job is to get on base, Um there's a guy on second or third to try to knock them in and you can't knock guys in or get on base if you're punching out you know so for me it's always been like I hate striking out like hate it hate it hate it hate it like he knows he beat me when I strike out but if I get out or I put a good swing on a ball like he's like damn like that was a pretty good bat he just put together I don't want to go up there ever and be like oh that's an easy out you know um I want to go up there and 
yeah, we got superstars in our lineup, but I want to go up there and be like, and have that pitcher be like, this guy's annoying, you know. Yeah. This guy's hard to get out. It's hard to have him chase stuff. It's it's just tough, you know. So I, I, that's what I want to be. I want to be that kind of annoying at bat for the pitchers because they got to be super fine with Walsh, Otani, Trout, Ward, some of the big boppers, you know. Yeah. And then I think the rest of us just need to just continue to do what we're doing, just grinding out at bats and and making it more difficult for other pitchers to to get us out. It's interesting hearing you say that. It's really fascinating talking with David McKinnon right now uh, of the Angels, uh, just about you know kind of the mentality at the plate because. Like we're in this era of baseball where you know strikeouts have you know in some ways been devalued. I think they're coming back a little bit where people are kind of starting to think a little bit how you think. But uh, home runs are so big in this game. But where does some of that come from for you? For just you know how you learned how to play baseball? Um, I think it's just nothing's ever been handed to me. I've always had to prove people wrong and work hard. And I've always had a good idea of the zone and some plate discipline. So I was like, well. I can use that to my advantage wherever I'm at and then tap into a little bit of extra power, that would be – that's huge, you know. So I don't think – I I mean, they don't – you don't hit home runs. Like, they throw you home runs. So if you're trying to hit a homer, it's not like it's going to happen if they execute a pitch. So might as well just – if you get the pitch over the middle, maybe it gets out, you know. Um, but you're not going to – like, you trying to hit the ball hard or you trying to create extra isn't going to – lead to homers they just throw them and you put a good swing on it it ends up being a homer you know let's talk defense for a second because you've played first base your entire professional career you get to the big leagues the angels all of a sudden hey this guy can hit up here and there's a lot to like about that bat but the halos also have a pretty good first baseman in jared walsh going right now so all right how do we find ways to get the bat in the lineup well let's go see if uh, david mckinnon can play some third base what has that adjustment been like for you learning essentially a new position and doing so at the highest level of the game. Yeah, that's been honestly pretty wild. Um, I'm not complaining at all about it. I love it. I love kind of being thrown into the fire and just having to learn on the on the job, you know. So yeah. I think if you overdo it early on or like you're – like I didn't have any real time to try to go down like in the minors to really learn how to do that. And then all of a sudden if you're being taught certain things and then – I can't rely on my instincts anymore. And when you take my instincts away from me, I, I think – and you take your instincts away from a lot of people um, and they start thinking too much about how to feel the ball or how to do the footwork, all of a sudden it becomes not instinctual and not natural. So I feel like I'm just over there trying to get the – like block the ball or catch the ball and then somehow get it to first base, you know. So I'm – that's all I'm trying to do right now. I'm not trying to make it look pretty. I'm trying to get the ball from point A to point B <laughs> and get guys out so I can go hit, you know. Um, while she's an unreal, like while she's a great defender over there, um, he crushes the ball too. So, I mean, I'm just trying to be in the lineup as much as possible to help our team win. Um, whether that's at third or first, or if they need to give someone else a break somewhere else, like I'm not going to complain. Uh, yeah. Just trying to get as many at bats to continue to get more and more comfortable up there and to help the squad win so considering your journey getting to the big leagues I mean just in a big deal I think people just looking at the story of being a 32nd round pick not given really any opportunities and you just got to fight scratch your claw to get here I think people have heard stories like that before but this is an interesting one because I'd love to know your thoughts just on 
what the last you know week or two have been like here at the big league level. You come up to Seattle and you're thrust right into it. Fans hadn't really seen you in spring training, and now here you are at the major leagues. What has this experience been like? Yeah, it's been a, a whirlwind of an experience, but it's been a dream come true. You know, at the same time, obviously the debut. You, I don't. It's just. It just all happened so fast. You know, I got told, Nev told me two hours before the game, hey, you're starting. And, I, and then my heart started pounding. I didn't know what to think. I didn't really know how to calm down. Because um, you dream about that your whole life. Sure. So that's that. I can't describe the feeling. Um, I would just say it's the most exciting, anxiety ridden feeling ever <laughs> that, like, you work so hard your whole life for this, and then it's there. And, it's hard to stay in the moment, you know, because you're just dreamed about your whole life. And that first at bat, I mean, that dude was kind of nasty too. He throws like sidearm underneath. So I was like, dang, this is not the greatest matchup right now. <laughs> and then I struck out, and I was like, oh man, they think I stink. <laughs> so it was tough. Yeah, it was like the first at bat was tough, but I'm like, as soon as I settled in and kind of, I started to work some at bats yeah. and. Um, I was like, that's not me. That that first night wasn't me, like my normal at-bats. That was like me trying to adjust and be okay with being a big leaguer, you know, the mental I, I, adjustment. I mean, Nev had you batting cleanup before you'd gotten your first hit. I mean, what kind of a, yeah. what, what kind of a statement is that? Do you feel like to, to have the confidence of the organization and what you can do? Yeah, I mean, that was awesome. That's how I took it, too, when Nev had me clean up. Um, it's like they, like they like my bat. Like, they – it's not I can relax a little bit. Like, I don't they, – they believe that I can hit at this level. It's not like I got to go out there and, like, like do anything I didn't do in AAA or yeah. in the last year or two. You know, I just got to go out there and be me because that's enough for this team. Talk with David McKinn right now. Keeping you for a long time. I'm sorry. I just this is, this is good stuff. I really appreciate you spending this time with us. Um, when did things start to click for you? Because it seemed like maybe a couple of years ago, all of a sudden your numbers started skyrocketing. Was there was there a moment? Was there something you did? Something that changed? Where all of a sudden you were really able to start dominating at the plate? Yeah, I mean, I'd always put together good at bats my whole career, but it was like the the mistakes resulted in singles or doubles. It wasn't the, as many doubles and homers, you know. So um, the biggest thing I remember was when uh, it was high A, two thousand nineteen. Thought I was going to go to double-A after a good season the prior year. Ended up breaking with high-A. And it was just like, I, was like, ah, I don't know why that happened, you know. And you're just mentally thinking about that. Like, oh, I thought I was going to go here, but I didn't. And, like, that meant, takes a mental toll on you. would be lying if you said it didn't. Got there. Hit some balls hard, but at people. My swing felt weird. I wasn't hitting great. It was only two weeks. And I remember praying. I was like, God, like, this got to end. This is bad. Like, I can't keep on slumping right now. It was like every day, like, two hard hit balls, I'm out, and then you're trying to grind for hits. And I remember I was on the way to the field praying about that, and I get to the – and I, that night I blow my knee out. I'm like, I didn't mean, like, you could literally take it away, but it got taken away for the next year, two years, you know. So I blew my knee out, didn't play that whole rest of the season. And COVID happened, didn't play that season. And I just remember, I was like, you know what? Like, this happens for a reason. Um, thought God had his hand on it, and I just grinded it out. And, like, I did a ton of work to try to figure out what I wasn't doing that I needed to do in my swing. And I studied 
as I've told a couple people, I studied Trout's swing, and I studied Vlad Guerrero's swing, and I took the two biggest things from them, which are they use the ground really well to uh, put power into their swing, and they consistently land in a good position almost every single time they land. So very rare. So I was like, if I can land in that position that they land in a little more consistently, I think I'll have more power. And then all of a sudden I started working on that and using the ground a little better. And all of a sudden I wasn't over-rotating, rotating off pitches. I was able to stay up the middle of the field. And all of a sudden I had something behind the ball. It wasn't like just lazy fly balls. The balls were yeah. beating outfielders and sometimes they were getting out. And then this year, I think this, the pitch recognition all came together where I started to just do damage more and more on pitches that were over the middle of the plate. And that's kind of the only difference. I feel like the last two years, I've just gotten better at like seeing what pitches I hit well and what pitches I don't hit well. And now that I have a little bit more power, I'm able to just be a little more selective with the plate discipline. Sounds like you're a big faith guy too. Yes. Is that something that is just kind of always been with you? Something that has helped you through some of the, some of the tough days? Yeah, for sure. Um, I grew up like in the church um, at home. Uh, my mom was a children's minister, so I grew up kind of at church all the time when we were younger. We'd be like me and my brother would change the, we'd be take all the chairs out of the, um, kind of I don't know wherever they do the. <laughs> wherever they do the talks and stuff, but we'd take it all out of, and we'd uh, play baseball in there, you know? So, like, we'd kill time by doing that or running around. and So I was always growing – I grew up there, and that that's a big part of my life for sure. And, uh, I mean, we – me and my wife still go to church whenever we get the chance. Obviously, with baseball, it's a little hard during the season. But, um, yeah, so that's been a big part, and I think that really puts in perspective baseball. Like, baseball is what we do. It's not who we are, you know? Uh, there's other stuff that are is more important, like being a good person, being a good teammate, loving people around you, like that type of stuff, not just did I get a hit or did I not sure. get a hit. David, hey, man, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Congratulations on what you've accomplished already. And I got to tell you, man, I'm excited for what's next for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it too. I'm hoping uh, our team continues uh, on a little hot streak and, you know, we uh, make that playoff push happen. There you go. Love the conversation with David McKinnon right there. While we have a moment, let's pause to get a word from our sponsors. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. My name is Trent Rush. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, and I appreciate all of you for joining us here. You know, a couple of things that we've been doing on our show, our live broadcast, Angels Recap, is we've had three already, and there's three more to go, of doing our show from Brewery X off La Palma in Anaheim. It's so much fun. Such a great time there uh, from, from Trevor to Rod to Clayton, Aurora. There, there's so many people. Kyle, there's so many people uh, that are such a big part of what makes 
makes this all come together at Brewery X and really want to thank them for the hospitality. Thanks to all the fans that have been coming out to these. If you haven't been yet, i got to tell you, it's the best party on radio. We have a great time. Yes, we talk Angels baseball, and then we have some beers and hang out after the show as well, and it's really, really cool. So if you get a chance, come on by Brewery X. Our next one is coming up on Thursday, July the 14th, after a 5 o'clock game against the Houston Astros. And then we'll have two Sundays uh, coming up uh, there, July the 31st, against the Texas Rangers. And then we're back for August the 14th after a game against the Minnesota Twins. So those games against uh, the Rangers and Twins are on Sunday, as our next one is going to be on a Thursday night uh, after the Angels take on the Houston Astros. Again, that is July the 14th. On our next edition of the Angels Recap Podcast, while we had all of the 2002 World Series championship team, or at least most of that team, here at the Big A, we had a chance to have a lot of great conversations. You do not want to miss our next podcast. Back by popular demand, we're going to be sharing some of those interviews with you coming up in a bit. Uh, We had them on radio, and uh, a couple of uh, online-only exclusive interviews are going to be coming as well. But really enjoyed seeing those guys and how cool it was, and it was just really neat to reflect on what 2002 meant to this organization and a brand of baseball that, I'll just tell you personally, that's the brand of baseball I grew up watching. That's the brand of baseball that is how I've always thought the game is to be played, watching those guys. And I'm just so thankful that that was the era of player that I got to watch. That was who I got to see when I fell in love with this great game. And now I'm a a little envious of this era kid that gets to watch Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, but I wouldn't trade it for nothing because I love Tim Salmon and Garrett Anderson and Darren Erstad and uh, all those guys. Scott Spezio is fantastic. Eckstein and Kennedy up the middle. Benji Molina behind the Plate Troy Gloss, World Series MVP. So many cool pitchers on that team as well. You know, John Lackey in his rookie year, notably starting Game 7, and then that bullpen uh, anchored by Troy Percival. But Frankie Rodriguez, such a big part of it. Shields was a big part of it. So many guys. Um, so really fun getting a chance to see them. That's on our next edition of the Angels Recap Podcast. We'll get that out to you uh, here in the next couple of days. For now, my name is Trent Rush. Thanks to Hannah Stang, Alex Tino, and everybody here at AM830 for helping put this show together. Thanks for joining us. My name is Trent Rush. This has been the Angels Recap Podcast.